Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome everyone to the Streeters Podcast. We are the ones that got away. I am Mason McGlera. That is Patrick Previty. I have terrible lighting right now. I'm in a whole new location as always. I'm in one spot one time, one spot another time. The next episode will be in another place. And hopefully that'll be the final spot and then we'll kind of be there for a couple months. But uh, yeah, I've just been, you know, in and out, so many different places, so, so busy. Uh, but I hope everyone had themselves a happy new year. I know I did. I had a very, very wonderful time. Um, drinks were had, fun was made. And uh, yeah, it was it was a good time. Patrick, how was your New Year's? Uh, my New Year's was good. I was in uh, downtown Orlando a little bit, you know, just having a good time. This is our first episode in 2024. I mean, this is this is pretty good stuff. We made it. We made it out of 2023, made it to the actual next year. We've been keeping up with this, been pretty good. Week 18 of the NFL now. I mean, can you believe it? We did all the division preview episodes and then pretty much did every single week where we picked every game. I will be calculating. Uh, well, maybe we will be calculating. You'll. I'll need your help a little bit. I'll need your record um, from after we started putting it in the app. Or maybe you started in the very first week. Putting I it. started the first week, so I have and it all. you've been consistent the whole time? Yep. yep. I got to I gotta admit, I'm going to have to take a look because I was back and forth a, a few of the weeks. Um, but we're going to have our season, t- season long season total for games that we've uh, picked, which I think is going to be pretty interesting to look at. And then we're also going to have our division. Uh, we're going to review our division and playoff picks too. Yeah. Yeah. We, we definitely got to get those done. We had some but rough ones. I'm, we I'm had being... some rough ones, but you know, I mean, the season's not over yet. You still got, you got the bills, I think winning the division, right? Yeah. Oh no, you had the jets. Never mind. I lied. I know. Uh, Buy the Bills in the Super Bowl. You did. You did. And that still can't happen. Um, and then the Bills, crossed. the wild card, all that. I had the Dolphins winning the winning the division. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. I mean, you just want to kind of. Well, don't give it away. It. No, don't give it away. We have to return to this because we're also going back to our quarterback list, which I do believe that I have mm-hmm. from earlier this year when we made uh, we the most to. horrendous list of all time. We're going to have to re-rank that list and readjust. But we'll, yeah, we'll say this. This might, this might actually be the next episode that we have. Shoot. I mean, yeah. after this, this batch of games, we'll figure it out. Um, for sure. But there's a ton of different storylines you want to lead us in the NFL week 18. Yeah. 
yeah, we'll we'll start with uh, kind of a little bit of a review from last week with, uh, you know, my Miami Dolphins taking an absolute shit on the field and uh, just getting absolutely trounced by the Ravens. That Ravens team, man, they are something special. Like, they are real Super Bowl favorites right now. And, you know, just watching them play against this high-powered Dolphins offense and being able to stop them. Listen, everyone's like, two didn't have that good of a game. Tyreek Hill dropped the touchdown pass, and Chase Claypool dropped the touchdown pass. That was Chase Claypool's moment, and he dropped that ball. And ends up, it was perfectly thrown with two defenders on him, and he's falling to the ground, and then he just drops it. Like, it, his, he, he, he's not doing anything for us anymore. He might go out there and block every, every so often, but he's not going to be uh, catching any touchdowns anytime soon for the Dolphins. That was just horrendous showing. And again, then the drop touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill early in the game. Came out there and punched him in the mouth, and then they came back and punched us right back. And uh, then we had that touchdown that should have been to Tyreek. But again, the whole, this whole thing kind of stems for the Ravens, man. That fourth and seven play call, uh, I think it was in the second quarter, late in the second, maybe early in the third, somewhere around that time frame. Um, that was the dagger. Fourth and seven. You can't allow them to get that first down and then you can't let them get a touchdown there. And it just kind of derailed that entire game. And then of course, Bradley Chubb with the horrendous torn ACL there at the end of the game, you're down by 30. Mike McDaniel, what are you doing? Still have your starters out there. Do you think it's like a pride thing? What are your thoughts on that? Should obviously Bradley Chubb probably should not have been out there in hindsight, but like when you're in the game and you're on this type of team, is it like a pride thing? It's like, no, we have to finish this game the way we started it with the full starters, or should they have been sitting? It, it could be a pride thing. I, you know, I, it's interesting how I look at it as a guy, you know, we're, we're not in the NFL. We're not coaching. We're not in any organization, in any locker room. It could be a pride thing, but but in all honesty, I would have sat them and I would have ignored any sort of pride. I would have said, you know what, man, this is this game just got out of hand and like that's just – is what it is. I would just called off the dogs. I mean, it is disappointing. It would have been disappointing if the Ravens were uh, still out there. I mean, maybe they have some pride in a sense. They want to finish off the game just to stomp on their opponent's neck. But, um, you know, those guys got out in time and reasonably healthy. I believe that they may have had uh, something happen to uh, happen to them earlier in the year where they were riding a team. I don't know. I can't think of it off the top of my head. But, but I know it's happened the other way around as well. So I can't even really say that too much. It's just sometimes you get caught as far as, you know, just – having a player out there for too long in a game that uh, is already out of hand. But I will say I gave you the lead because it was about the Dolphins or it did involve the Dolphins, but I think this was probably more about the Ravens. Um, this game was close. Like you said, the very late fourth down play uh, in the second quarter just busted this game open. I mean, it was very close. It was with three minutes, with about three minutes left, it was 13-14 uh, Baltimore. And yeah. then there was a 75-yard touchdown pass to Zay Flowers. And then they scored again, made it 13-28 going in the half. That's just, yeah, that's Turnover. not good. That's rough. That That's one of those things that kind of defeats you going into the halftime. And then when you come back out, you got to start, you got to start off well. And the Ravens, uh, I believe, scored on their first possession of the next half and it's 13 35. And that's just, that just is what it is in the fourth quarter, just another, you know, blow up. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I think, I think the Ravens, like you said, they're the most impressive team, I think, in the NFL. I think that was maybe your sentiment because I think with with a win over the 49ers, then the Dolphins both like very handily kind of dismantling the other team in a sense. 
um, even though you felt like the other team had a shot, like even midway through the second quarter in both games, um, they just look like they're on a whole nother level. They're the hottest team in the NFL. They got some of the biggest blowout wins in the NFL, and they're probably going to sit everybody next week, right? Yeah. They already clinched, they already clinched the first seed, right? Yes, they did yeah. clinch the first seed with the win against the Dolphins. I know Lamar is sitting. Um, he's getting rest. So uh, I would sit everybody. I would yeah. sit everybody. Yeah, you have to. Um, I know, and then obviously there's incentives on the line, and teams know that. Um, so you're sitting people like for for the Ravens, for example. You're sitting Lamar. You're sitting maybe some of your top offensive line guys. Um, just God forbid your top defense guys. Uh, Zay Flowers might play a quarter or a half. Um, I I mean Odell maybe I know that he's got some huge incentives. I think he needs like seven receptions to to get uh an incentive and then two touchdowns or something something along those lines um i can see him playing a majority of the game because i don't think he's their number one option at all but i think it's your like number one and two uh at the skill positions that are probably going to be sitting uh for a majority of the game if not all of it um but yeah, Baltimore's done everything right so far this season. They've had the weird game against Pittsburgh early on, the overtime loss to uh, Cin- uh, not Cincinnati to Indianapolis, and then they had one more loss in there. They, it was to the Browns uh, late in the, late in a game. So none of these games they've really like been uncompetitive. They've been in every single game they've played, and just three of those, you know, you just they just get away from you, and that that's going to happen in football. So they deserve where they're at right now as the number one seed, as probably the best team in football uh, this season. And, uh, yeah, they're going to rest all their guys. And it sets up for Pittsburgh to potentially get themselves a win and hopefully get themselves into the playoffs because looking at the standings right now, let me try and pull these up. I, I believe they're they're out of it. They're behind the Colts. Are they actually? Yeah, I thought that they were behind the Colts. I thought they were the eighth, the eighth man out in a sense. So – they're not mathematically eliminated. They need a lot to happen. Um, they are the ninth seed, so they're on the outside looking in. They need def- they obviously need Buffalo to lose. They need Indianapolis to lose. I think they need both Buffalo and then one of the Colts or the Texans are going to lose. They really just need the Dolphins to beat the um to beat the Bills. Yeah. And then do they have a head to head? Against either the Colts or the or the Texans, let me see. I believe that they have... got murdered against the Texans earlier this year. Yeah, they did get murdered against the Texans, so they need the Colts to beat. Oh, huh? Do they... Okay, so they're hoping for a tie because they don't have the tiebreaker over either the Colts or the uh, the Texans. So I guess they're hoping for a tie, and then they get a win. So they're sitting at ten and seven, and then the Colts and the Texans are nine seven and one. Um, well, I feel, yeah, looking at this, it looks like, they, well, these are all ors. So if one of those yeah. things happen, they get in, I believe. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, oh, you're looking at the the different scenarios, how they can clinch a playoff berth. I mean, simply they win, Buffalo loses. Um, they win, Jacksonville loses or ties. Pittsburgh wins plus Houston, Indianapolis tie. So I no, no, they, if, if they tied in that game, Pittsburgh would get in, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, Jacksonville loss plus Houston Indianapolis doesn't end in tie, you know, or oh. you know that's when that's when it gets really complicated that sort of stuff because they can still get in over Jacksonville because Jacksonville could possibly not win. Oh yeah, that's so. true. I did, I wasn't even looking at that. That yeah, that and if, 
yeah, the AFC South is crazy. We'll get into that here in a second. Um, we kind of strayed a little bit because I went to the Steelers here. This They still have a shot. They're not mathematically eliminated. So the, the Ravens, obviously that's a division rival. They're not just going to let them win, you know. They're going to definitely want um, to beat the Steelers. So – I don't know. But I just don't. I just on. don't think that they're going to have enough firepower. Yeah, yeah. With too many guys resting, I don't see them beating the Steelers this week. Yeah. No. I. I that's a I that's don't. a season sweep for the Steelers too <laughs> over the Ravens, which is kind of funny. Yeah. No, I I totally agree. But let's let's move on to the game probably of the week. They put it on Sunday Night Football. It is going to be the Dolphins and the Bills for the AFC East Championship. Simply put, for Miami, I'll start with them. Um, they're on the downside of everything, kind of they're they're trending downwards right now, um, just based on how their season has gone with injuries and the team that they played over the last couple of weeks. They had that huge win, obviously, against the Cowboys and then the loss last week to the Ravens. Now they got this last game against the big brother of the division and the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. Josh Allen absolutely kills the Dolphins. And Tua does not play his best ball against the Bills for whatever reason. And Tua also doesn't play his best ball in December or January. These late, these late season games have always been a struggle for him. But the one big benefit is that this game is in Miami. Now what Buffalo, moving to Buffalo, let's do that. They're coming in on a four-game win streak. They're playing their best football. Josh Allen looks pretty damn good. They're running really, really well right now. There's no conversation of the sun or it being too hot because it's an 820 game. So, you know, Bills, they can't be using that. Their fans, they can't be saying, it's too hot. It's unfair. It's completely fair. No one's going to be overheated. So this is a very even matchup. Um what are your thoughts? Because obviously I'm going to go with the Dolphins. I, I can't like not. I but I wish the Dolphins would have would have competed better last week, um, and I would have maybe put my like faith in them. Um, the Patriots, excuse me, the well, yeah, the Patriots and the Chargers both you know almost beat the Bills in a sense um, over the last two weeks. As it seemed like the the Bills were maybe looking far far ahead. Um, to what was available. I mean, obviously the Bills controlled most of that game. I don't believe that they trailed uh, after uh, uh, anywhere after like midway through the first quarter. But um, I, I, even though I haven't been impressed with the Bills, I think I'm. I am worried about the Dolphins. I think that the Bills do have their number. So I would say that I am leaning towards the Bills. I think that they're really hot. One of the hottest teams in the NFL, maybe outside of the Ravens. And I like. I would pick the Bills, and I am picking the Bills to win this game. Uh, did this game get moved to uh, – is this on it's, the Sunday night game? This is the Sunday night game, yes, yeah. at 8-20. So, yeah, I, I I don't disagree. I disagree in the in the pick, obviously, but your your thought process is very valid. Um, again, the Dolphins are not playing too well right now. They're going to have to rely on guys that are injured, like Mostert, yeah. Um, Waddle, Hill, Hill also had his house catch on fire a couple days ago, which thank God everyone's okay. But um, now he has that on his mind. Uh, so hopefully he can go out on the field and just you know focus on football. And then Tua, you know, he had that little thumb injury. You never know how serious that really is. They got Robert Hunt coming back from uh from injury on the offensive line, which is huge. But you know you you can't be certain of how he's gonna play uh in game speed. 
And then on the defensive side, they obviously they lost Bradley Chubb. They lost Jalen Phillips a couple weeks ago. And Xavier Howard looks like he's not going to be able to play this week. So now I don't know what the Dolphins are going to do on defense. Fangio has not been a fan of having Jalen Ramsey shadow the best wide receiver on the other team. But I think this week you absolutely have to. You cannot let Eli Apple and Cater Kohu get absolutely cooked by Stephon Diggs all, all game. You have to have Jalen Ramsey on him at all times, I think. Like, how, how are – I mean, I mean, you know, well, you know the Dolphins' defense better than I do. If that's if that's what he's been doing this entire season, I mean, should he stray away from that? There's been times at at this season. I mean, Dick's stats, are, I believe, this year are are still like on par with some of the best in the league. He's got, I believe, 100 receptions, uh, over a thousand yards. How many touchdowns does he have? I, th- I think 12, maybe. So he's had a he's had a great year. Um, but there have been times where in the offense where he has kind of been out of it or not like absolutely in play or in every single drive or in, or as involved as he probably wants to be. Um, so, I mean, it's really like what you think. I, like in the last game that they played, was that the reason or the last three times that they've played? Has it been because um, they don't have a body on Stefan Diggs? Like, I don't know, maybe. But I, I like is there – I'll pose you another question, honestly, since you just gave me that one. Is there kind of, if they go, if they lose again, is there like real concern about whether or not Mike McDaniel can beat the Bills? Like, is there concern about when you look at this team, do they need to make a big splash in free agency to, to like spice up the team? Because they, they're losing to a lot of, a lot of good teams. They're not losing to any of the bad teams, yeah. but you know how that ends up working. You get no. pretty tired of that, of that result quickly. It is. It's extremely tiring. Uh, don't get me wrong. It's extremely tiring. Uh, I'm not questioning McDaniel because he's given us playoff bursts in his first two seasons as the head coach. Um, so, you know, it's hard to win in the NFL. Any team can win on any given day. So what he is doing is taking care of business when he needs to, except against the Titans. But other than that, like, it, it's, it's tough to win in this league. And as for the, a big splash in free agency, we've made enough. We've gotten all these big guys. It's literally just execution. And that's what it's going to come down to this week here on Sunday against the Bills. It's just going to come down to execution, play calling. He does need to get better at his play calling. He just he gets away from the run way too often. And it's really frustrating as a fan because Raheem Mostert's been fantastic this year. He's a pro bowler, first-time pro bowler at 31 years old. Use him. I know he's a little injured. And then you have A-Chan behind him who is as fast as anything, you can use him as well. If you are able to mix those two guys, and he's the thing is, he's also a running back, like, minded guy. I think he's originally a running back coach when he was with Washington all those years ago with McVay and LaFleur and uh, Shanahan and everyone. So what, what's to his contract look like? Currently, I, th- th- I think this is, what is this? this is, is the this the fifth year? year? I think so. Well, then I believe he came in with Justin Herbert in 2018. So is this his fifth year deal? Like there, the conversation in on Dolphins Twitter is, um, is to a worth that 40, 50 million. And honestly, I don't know if he's worth 40, 50 million. I can give him 25, 30. If you get to an AFC championship game, I think that, you're in a bit of a catch twenty two situation. I think the further you go in the playoffs, the more money he will be worth. But I mean, obviously, you you would take that over anything, really. I think yeah. the AFC Championship berth would get him paid. I think it would too. Two two playoff wins. Yeah, 
No, I I think so too. But we can't look too pa- past that. Like we, we have to just we can't look towards that. We need to look at this game that's happening in two days from right now to Sunday night, man. Uh, it's going to be a great game regardless. Uh, I think the NFL did the right made the right decision and made that the prime time game. Um, so I know I'll be watching. I'm sure you will be too. So how about we move on to the NFC and AFC South? Uh, divisions both of those are absolutely wild um let's start with the nfc south because that's more your speed that's where your tampa bay buccaneers are in you want to take the lead on that one okay so last week was extremely disappointing and saddening for the bucks i said it was my big uh new year's resolution not to pick against them and to trust them well now honestly that definitely had me worried it was a division game um and we play another division game this week i believe they're, they're all divisional games um in uh, week 18 but um, we play another game this time against the Panthers, and that should be good news. That should be good news for the Bucks and our fans and me, and we should be able to take care of business against them. And, and then the Falcons and Saints play in the grudge match, also known as what could perhaps be the toilet bowl of the NFC South. I don't know. I still think that the Saints are just way more polished. They have at least an idea of who's going to be behind uh, or under center for them and behind the wheel. The uh, Falcons do not. I believe they they put in Desmond Ritter in relief last week, and it was just same old, same old with with that. So I, I think the two people or the two teams that are really competing right now are the ones that have quarterbacks. And I think that's what I that's what we said at the beginning of the year. Uh, at least when I chose the Saints, I said, you know what, they're going to beat all the teams that don't have a QB because they have a QB. Well, you know, Derek Carr's been whatever this year, so kind of throw that out the window a little bit, but. Uh, for the most part, they have still not played very many teams with a quarterback, but I still I put that uh, this Baker Mayfield and that Bucks team in that category of a good team led by a good quarterback, and I think that they will beat the Saints this week, or excuse me, they will uh, take care of business to beat the Panthers, and they are better than the Saints despite what last week showed. But I, I'm interested to see an outsider opinion as well because. I, I was moving from like you know could they could they snake one from like the uh, the loser of the NFC East or excuse me yeah the loser of the NFC East um I don't feel like it anymore <laughs> I don't feel like it anymore even though the 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 Eagles just lost against the Cardinals and the Cowboys you know who who can trust them really but I I still just don't see it. I don't believe the Eagles, the, the NFC South is, or excuse me, the NFC East is still up for grabs in the playoffs. The the East, I think, still is. If Dow- yeah, it Dallas, it is. Yeah. Has They're control. both eleven and five. Yeah, Dallas has control. Like if they both do the same, if they both win, then Dallas is in it, is the winner. And then if they both lose, Dallas is in. It. Like mm-hmm. yeah, Dallas has control. Um, that's the end all be all of it. Uh, I I could see. Listen, I think that the ten, I think the Bucks are gonna win. I really like uh, how Baker's played. I think he's earned himself a contract to go back and play for another two or three years there. Um, kind of depending on if they want to take a quarterback and kind of break it down. But right now they're in a good spot. They just need to take care of business against the Panthers. And I think they can do that. Uh, and you're right. I said at the beginning of the season that the Falcons were gonna be the team because I had zero trust in Derek Carr, and I guess I was proven correct in that. Like, Derek Carr has not been anything fantastic this year, but, I mean, he's got his team at 8-8, eight and eight. and meanwhile, the Falcons, they're switching between Heineke and um, Desmond Ritter all season, 
So they're just in too much turmoil, I think, and not able to make a decision. So that's what I agree. I think the Saints will probably win against the Falcons, but then I think the Bucks will beat the Panthers. So that'll put the Bucks in to the playoffs as a division winner. So being in the four seed and playing either the Eagles or the Cowboys, but I think it'll probably end up being the Eagles uh, that they're going to end up playing. So that one is a little bit more just like which team is going to be the one, the lucky one to play the Eagles, I think. And uh, it's probably going to be the Bucks. But oh man, the... lucky one to play the Eagles though. I don't know. There's just part of me that feels like this Eagles team when they get into the playoffs, is going to be different. Oh, I wasn't saying lucky as in like, oh, yeah, you get an easy game or it should be. I was saying, oh, yeah, you're you're effed. Oh, like, OK. I got I you. Think no, more yeah. Well, I think I think that they're going to be a better team in the playoffs. So, yeah, I agree. But let's this AFC South is wild to me because for uh, both of us, we were like the Jacksonville Jaguars is a shoe in for them. I mean, the Colts, they have a new coat or a new quarterback uh, in Anthony Richardson. And then he gets hurt. And then Gardner Minshew is playing fantastic football and Pat McAfee and his boys are all just absolutely loving their Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Lucas oil stadium. They've been saying is the loudest stadium in all of football. So uh, props to them. They've been playing really good. And then the Texans at the beginning of the year, they have a new coach, new quarterback, didn't expect much out of them. And they have far exceeded expectations. And right now, if I, I saw a thing today, it was if the Texans lose, should they get think of getting rid of D'Amico Ryan's? So I'm like, what? Why would you do that? That just makes no sense to me. But that's just people being like, oh well, if you would have told, I, I I think it's dumb. He should stay. He should stay. That's a dumb question. And the Titans, we were never really high on them either. So we thought it was going to be a shoe in for the Jaguars to win this entire division, but it has been nothing but. They went on a. The Jaguars didn't they go on like a little win streak early on in the year? I thought that um, they they went on a win streak um, when the 49ers were on their three game losing streak, and then so, the 49ers snapped it. Yes, that's exactly what happened. So they started off the season at uh, one and two, uh, and then they beat the Falcons, Bills, Colts, Saints, and Steelers, and then lost to the 49ers. Um, and then ever since that 49ers game, they beat the Titans, beat the Texans. And then they went one, two, three, four losses in a row before beating the Panthers last week, 26-0. The issue for them has also been health with Trevor Lawrence. He has not been fully healthy um, the last couple of weeks. So, And I don't know if he's healthy for this game. Do we know if he's playing? Who, Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, I don't know if he's playing. I'm not I thought he was going to play in this game. I, I thought he was too. He's surprised if he didn't. Yeah, I mean, it would be a surprise if he didn't, and it would – Spell disaster, I think, for them if you didn't. Oh, yeah, I think they would lose. <laughs> they play the Titans this week, correct? Yeah, yeah, they do play the Titans. And the Titans, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins was talking about incentives earlier. He's got huge incentives, and they're very attainable. I think it's like five to seven receptions he needs and like a touchdown or two. Very similar to what Odell has. But um, so if, you, if, you, if you're still in fantasy and he's on the waiver wire, go pick him up because I think he's going to have a hell of a day against Jacksonville, honestly. But regardless, if Trevor Lawrence doesn't play, I don't think the Jacksonville Jaguars win. And would they be eliminated from the playoffs if they lose? And they don't, like, I don't know what it looks like for the for the wild card. I believe, but, 
I believe their situation is win and in, obviously, because win yeah. and they win their division. But yeah. they would need, I think, so it would be the Texans or the Colts would win the division, but then I think they would need the Bills to lose. Okay. Yeah. Well, and, they have the tiebreaker over the Bills. They have the tiebreaker over the Bills. You but, From London. From London, yes. But if Jacksonville lost, they would still have a worse – they would be 9-8, and eight, and even if the Bills lost, they would be 10-7 and seven or – um yeah so the, the, it wouldn't even matter well they could okay i'm I, here's here's their scenarios what's at okay. stake okay if they lose jacksonville can still clinch a playoff berth uh, well first of all they clinch a playoff berth that they tie in indianapolis and houston tie they, that, that meaning that they would win the afc south but let's not live in that fairytale land uh well the jacksonville jaguars could also tie and the pittsburgh steelers could lose or tie and they would get in or Pittsburgh loses plus Denver lost or tie plus Indianapolis Houston does not end in a tie, at meaning that one of those teams wins the division. Um, so their their path is a little bit more complicated. I think it's more so just the other teams just don't win. Uh, the Bills have a better record than they do, so there's just and even if the Bills lost, uh, there's no catching up to them. So I think that's why the Bills aren't involved in any of those tiebreakers because the Bills no. are eleven five. But yeah, uh, that's it just just take care of business and win. You're playing a team that's not in the playoffs right now. Yeah, sure, Will Levis might try to throw that ball to DeAndre Hopkins, get him the incentives, but for the most part, you have put yourself in a position this entire year to win your division and make it to the playoffs. And it's going to come down to the last minute, to the final game, just like it did last year, I believe, against the Titans. Um, so you're just going to have to finish it off and. And be better. You know, Trevor Lawrence was my dark horse MVP pick. Uh, they were a lot of people's hot picks to maybe not make it to the Super Bowl, but make it to the AFC Championship game, make some more no more noise in the AFC playoffs. And uh, that has just definitely not been the case whatsoever. Yeah, it's it's been, would it be Doug Peterson and like would he be gone? Do you think they didn't make the playoffs? Ooh, I don't know. Much? I don't know about gone. I mean. How long has he been there now? I mean, it's only been two. It's this is his second year, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think he would get. I would. He would get another year. No, I think this is his second year. Urban Meyer had thirteen games or whatever it was with Trevor Lawrence's rookie year. Then last year was the second year, I believe. If I'm if I'm remembering his timeline correctly, I wouldn't want to move on from Doug Peterson just yet. But man, that would be too fast. Uh, like firings, I feel like fall from grace. Because he got fired pretty quickly, even after the Eagles' Super Bowl loss, and uh, I believe they had another playoff loss too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess the Saints, True. the Alshon Jeffrey job, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Then I guess we'll talk about the Colts and the Texans game. That one's just both both of those teams have to win. Like one of them, yeah. <laughs> from the other from from their perspective, it's like we have to win. If they lose, their whoever loses is out, officially. Um, who do you think is going to win? Like, is, do you think the Texans have a better shot or the Colts? It's in Indianapolis. I have thought the Texans were a better team than the Colts for most of this year, but I will say that this Colts team is ready for for a quarterback for like Anthony Richardson to come back and have a dynamic quarterback under center, uh, because for the most part they have the tools around. Uh, that signal caller, whoever he can be, and right now it's Gardner Minshew, to succeed. So I think that they have a higher ceiling when they have a better quarterback. But as far as Gardner Minshew versus C.J. Stroud, C.J. Stroud, 
and we were going to talk about this. He could have made the Pro Bowl this year. He was really that good. He was very, very good quarterback this year. So um, I would still rock with the Texans. I think that they have some impressive wins on their schedule. I believe that they pretty much demolished the Steelers uh, way, way back earlier in the year. Um, so I think for the most part, uh, Texans have shown me that they can play at a wild card level. And the Colts have on and off, but I, I'm trusting more of the Texans as of right now. And I think as long as CJ Stroud is healthy, man, this Texans team is – uh, a playoff caliber team, which is kind of amazing to say based off of the beginning of the year or the draft positions from last year. They 100% are a playoff caliber team. Uh, CJ Stroud has been phenomenal all year. He was extremely impressive um, early on, and he surprised both of us. At least I know he surprised me. I knew he was going to be good, but I know he's going to be this good so quick. Yeah, he so, surprised me too. Yeah, I, I think that uh, when you look back at the game that they played, in, in Houston, uh, I think it was in week two, um, this is the game that Richardson had scored two touchdowns, like on two rushes or whatever, and then he got hurt with a concussion or shoulder injury. One, of, It was a combination of both. Um, and that game kind of got away from Houston very quickly, very early. Um, but I think they're a much different team now than they were uh, back in week two. So I also think that Houston is going to win this game. And uh, they're going to make the playoffs, man. And that's going to be very, very exciting. But as you said, we're talking about Pro Bowl. Let's let's go into those Pro Bowl. Um, what any anything surprising for you? I'm looking at the very first one being Josh Allen, not as a Pro Bowler. That was very shocking. I think. Yeah, I was just going to say Josh Allen not making the Pro Bowl. I think that there's, uh, I there's some you can't remove Lamar, and I always thought that that Tua was on the level, right? He was the other AFC QB. Tua, Tua is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I always thought that those were the two guys, and then they came down to that third position. And I really don't think it's been Patrick Mahomes this year. I think he's been good, and I think his weapons haven't been great. And the Chiefs locked up their division again. But I think what Josh Allen has done this year with turning the team around and turning his own play around um, as well, like from midseason and being one of the hottest teams leading up to the final week of the season has been so impressive. I think it's such a shame that for some reason due to marketing or whatever, we are deciding who is making the pro bowl after 16 games. We have 17 games now for a reason voted on it. Players association, owners, everybody, we have 17 games. I don't understand why we can't get a vote in uh, this Monday instead of already having it. Um, But yeah, I think Josh Allen is truly uh, a pro bowler. I mean, CJ Stroud had an argument too, but I still just think he missed, he maybe missed a little bit too much time. Um, and obviously his reputation precedes him as a rookie. Uh, so I, it's kind of a bit of a, an unheard of thing in a sense um, for him to make it not just a first year starter, but also a rookie. So I, I but I agree. Uh, Josh Allen sticks out to me personally as the biggest snub. Brandon Ayuk also missed it in the, uh, in the NFC for the Niners. That's uh, that catches my eye too. I I don't understand the whole Pro Bowl situation. Like I feel like they give it to the same guys every year. Like again, I, I'm just talking about like Toronto Armstead. I don't know. He hasn't been anything fantastic this year. He's been good, of course, but I don't think he's been anything Pro Bowl like. And I don't know what classifies as Pro Bowl for for offensive linemen. Um, and then Jalen Ramsey, like, yeah, he missed seven games, but he was the complete difference maker on that defense. But then Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer, um, 
Chubb, all of them on that front, they've been fantastic this year. I saw a tweet, Quinn Williams of the Jets made it over Sealer and Chubb and um, Wilkins, and he only has three and a half sacks on the year and like 18 QB hits. Meanwhile, Chubb and Wilkins and Phillips have like all eight plus sacks on the year. So it's just weird how it works. I think it's just a name thing. Uh, and once you get your first one, it's easier to get your second one. I think the big thing is it's hard, the most difficult to get your first Pro Bowl selection. And then after that, it's like, oh, yeah, you've already been a Pro Bowler again. You're a Pro Bowler again. So, and then all of them are going to be alternates too. So, yeah, I, yeah I exactly. That's that's what I was going to say when you were when you were going to finish up, man. I mean, half these guys won't play in this Pro Bowl, or well, they won't even like show up, and we'll have alternates, or you'll have all the guys go to the Super Bowl, and something always kind of figures itself out when it comes to Pro Bowls. I think the most important thing is all pros because I think that that uh, really rewards the higher echelon players, just because there's so many Pro Bowl alternates that that happen. Uh, so I'm, I don't really get too devastated about it. I always hate like if there's a player incentive, but for the most part, these things do actually kind of figure themselves out. Like you're going to have some of the guys who were uh, snubbed end up at least getting um, an alternate bid. So they all count the same. Yeah, they all count the same in the end, but you know, there's that pride side of it where it's like, Oh yeah, I got, but I, I was, I wasn't even an alternate. Like I made it from the get go. Um, and then I guess we can look at the quarterbacks and the NFC side. We look like we got Dak. And then who else is Jalen probably, Hurts? Probably golf. No Jalen Hurts. No Jalen Hurts. I don't see that. Maybe no it might golf? be Or and Purdy should be in there. No golf. golf. Purdy. No golf. No golf. It was. It was maybe it was Dak Hurts and. Um, it wasn't Hurts. Hurts wasn't oh. on there. Stafford. Stafford and Purdy. Were the three. Stafford's had himself a good year. Very sneaky good year. This is third career yeah. Pro Bowl selection. So I um sneaky good year is definitely what is definitely what I would call it. I thought that he missed a few games or too many games. I don't know. How many games has he missed this year? I kind of was unfamiliar with the actually how good of a year he's having, but he kind of has the same argument as Josh Allen. I've been probably paying more attention to the Bills run than I had the Rams. Yep. Turning uh, his play around, turning the team around a little bit. Yeah. He's been probably more consistent than anything rather than like the flashy plays. Rams probably going maybe too under the radar in a sense. But, mm-hmm. you know, Goff, Goff has had some lows this year, so I can see that. And obviously Hurts, even though he's got, what, the record for rushing touchdowns by a QB in a season, um, yeah. it's it's been very low for the Eagles the last six or so weeks. It sure has. It sure has. Uh, well, I mean – the Pro Bowl is kind of like an exhibition at this point. It's just kind of a little like, yay, let's all party and like get together. It's not like it's nothing really crazy. Um, yeah, the game, there's no there's no game anymore. Yeah, exactly. It's all it's all just fun and games. So I mean, it's just a, like a recognition. It's like a a sticker that you get. It's like congratulations, gold star. You get to go to the Pro Bowl. It's nothing super crazy. I don't think any of the NFL guys really care that much about it honestly but who am i to say i'm just a guy sitting on a computer talking about sports you know but let's talk about a different sport let's talk well a different sport same sport sport, different league uh (laughs) college football they it has been a fantastic season lots of highs uh in in the college football world and the ultimate high is about to happen on monday january 8th it's going to be the number two ranked washington 
versus the number one Michigan. It's going to be a very interesting game. I predicted that Michigan was going to win this, win their game against Bama. Um, the spread, I think, was like one and a half. And they won by a touchdown, which that game was crazy. I remember watching that while I was at work. Uh, that drop, that muffed kick, that almost turned into a safety, that would have just been probably the most bonkers thing to 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 happen, I think, in college football this year. And then uh, Washington going and beating Texas in a thriller. Wasn't supposed to be. Uh, most people were predicting Texas to win that game handily, but Washington ended up uh, coming out on top. They almost choked it at the end. They almost choked at the end, but you're more of the college football guy here. What are, what are your thoughts on this uh, this final matchup? I think my my final pick was Michigan-Washington. I think that's what I ended up saying. I think my logic was for the Michigan-Alabama game was my uh, head says Michigan, but my gut says Alabama. Um, so I was I was definitely on the fence. I didn't really know who was going to win. And during the game, I was like, wow, you know, Alabama looks pretty good. That game ended up being kind of sloppy, especially – from both centers and long snappers and special teams for Michigan was mm-hmm. horrid. Um, I I loved uh, I loved the college football playoffs this year. Uh, the bowl season is gonna need to be fixed, but it's really not the bowl's fault. It's kind of more so where college football has gone. Um, Twelve team playoff is pretty necessary uh, to stop some of these bad bowl games, but I think for the most part, college football is in better hands than they were. Um, maybe perhaps than when they started this playoff, just because I think parity is on the way. Um, and we're starting to see that a little bit more, which is really cool to see. Um, I think moving into a preview of the championship game, it would need Michigan needs to clean some stuff up to beat Washington. I have, I have probably underestimated Washington this entire year. Truthfully, haven't given them their due. I did say that they were going to beat Oregon and I was surprised that they were down, I'm came around to them late and I'm still picking what I'm still picking Michigan to beat Washington. Um, but this is complete. It is completely possible that this Washington team can go in and beat Michigan because they, that Michigan team did look very sloppy specifically on special teams. And if they don't clean that up, they will lose to the Huskies because that's a well-coached team, even though they did almost choke at the very end of that Texas game. That, that shouldn't have even been close at the very end. They should have never ran the ball at the very end. That was absurd. But yeah. for the most part, they have a great coach, despite uh, you know the end-game situation there. They have a phenomenal coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe if Harbaugh wins, he goes to the NFL. Who knows? Uh, maybe if, if he loses, he still goes to the NFL. Who knows? Who do you think he's going? <clears throat> I think he's I think he's interested probably in the Chargers job as anybody should be. And I think the Chargers said that they wanted to make a splash. That could be something that we talk about um yeah. in the future. I'm very interested in the coaching carousel that is about to also happen. All the firings uh this upcoming Monday is gonna be probably pretty pretty big. Um but I, I think we, we're getting we're getting a treat. I think this game is gonna be good. I don't think it'll be a blowout either way. I think Michigan is probably a little bit too physical. That's really what I'm thinking about right now. That Michigan Alabama game, ew, that looked physical. I don't know if either Texas or Washington could have held up up front, but uh, for the most part, I think Washington will be able to hold their own. I just think that that's where the difference will be. Uh, we got two 14 and 0 teams playing for the first time since Clemson Alabama. Um, that's very interesting. I think that that's a nice little storyline, but. My my pick is going to be Michigan, and we got to fix the bowls. We got to fix the transfer window, but 
Well, one last point before I, I give it to you for your pick. You can't fix the transfer window without making sure that coaches coach in the bowl games because there's no way in hell that I would ever argue that players need to stay and not transfer um, if we don't fix the window that the coaches also have because they're all leaving and dipping as well. And then it's like, what are we talking about? We're being kind of hypocritical. These these are the guys with physical stuff on the line, big paychecks, big bigger paydays as well. So. They, they got some stuff that they got to figure out. Maybe they condense bowl season. Maybe they um, get rid of some of the bowls. They're, they're going to be shuffling some stuff around, especially because they got um, 12, a 12 team playoff, you know, so they'll fit. They'll figure it out. Things are changing, but. How about they just, you know, close or don't open the transfer portal in the middle of bowl season. How about you wait until after? Well, so no, that's my thing is. I would agree. It should it shouldn't be open until bowl season. I think also in a sense, now that bowl season has changed, you don't think you're gonna have players leave who are in the playoffs. So maybe like have all those bowl games, have all those bowl games before Christmas, and so you can really shorten it. So then players are like, oh well, like I'm not gonna miss the holidays. I can um, transfer at a time that's maybe before national signing day as well, and I can do all these things and. Um, and I can, I can stick around and it's only two more weeks. And so I'm not feeling like I'm missing out on anything if you do that. But also at the same time, there's no way, there's just no way I can truly get behind that. If a coach is going to dip two days after his team gets, you know, a bowl bed, you know, cause he's going to go coach. He's done with Cincinnati. He's going to go recruit for, uh, Notre Dame. You know, that's what Brian Kelly did. I believe I don't think he coached the bowl game, but you know, like, like these head coaches, sometimes they're, they're, they're up front and like Scott Frost, he was like, Hey man, I'm sticking with us, bro. I'm coaching this bowl game, you know, shot more power to him. I think Luke fickle did the same thing, but you know, these coaches, they're, they're moving and good for them as well. They're just, I think this is just an NCAA thing that they're going to have to figure out, but I just not for like, it's just tough for me to say, man. It's the age of player empowerment, and I'm on that. I'm on that side. I just, it does suck. I mean, you, hey, man, how you doing, Florida State fan, buddy? Like sixty-three to three, <laughs> you thought you could get out of this segment? You pushing me to the brink, to the deep end. College football's got some problems, but, uh, yeah, don't want to see any games like that end up being like a sixty burger because that was not a reflection of of that Florida State team this entire year, which is a shame. But the NCAA did that. That was that was the committee. That, that's what happened. Um, and then Georgia, Georgia also had a pretty good buy in, too. They had a fair amount of players actually playing that game. And he ran up the score. That was yeah, a, that, he ran up the score. I think it was a tail. We'll run up the score. <laughs> he won't take his foot off the pedal. Yeah, no, it was two different sides of it. It was Florida State who was pissed off that they were undefeated. And they were like, we got disrespected. Why are we going to try? Why? What's the point? We played all these games. We went undefeated. What's another game? Who cares? They don't respect us anyways, so why do we have to win? And then Georgia on the other side, they were like, do it for the seniors. Let's win this game. And they showed, like, yeah, we could have been in the playoffs. We should have been in the playoffs. So it was a tale of two sides on that one. And it was, that just, was it was, it was- it was worst case scenario, truthfully, for Florida State. I mean, it just so happens that they ran into a Georgia team that that had guys come back. Oregon State didn't. They got mauled by Notre Dame, too. I mean, that was a bowl that wasn't really on too many people's radar, but you know, because Notre Dame had some guys out too. But uh, Oregon State got mauled because they just didn't have anybody come back and play in that game. So there were other teams that got uh, you know massacred like that uh, as well. I believe Iowa got shot out against Tennessee. I don't know what their returning players look like, but. 
Um, there were a lot of bad bowl games. Were, so that's something that the uh, that the NCAA is going to have to fix. But it's it's essentially been one problem after the next, and one problem at a time. They cannot solve all these at the same time. Yeah. Next year, it's just going to make sure they get the automatic bids right and at-large stuff figured out and all the scheduling stuff. I believe they already came out with the scheduling for, for the playoff games, but they're just going to have to make sure they don't run into another problem on, on the way there. Well, before you take us home here, I'll give my prediction. I like chaos. I say it all the time. I do like Washington. Uh, they got themselves a lefty in Penix. Um, it's going to be a good game regardless. You're saying how Michigan was a little bit sloppy against Bama. I don't know if one week is going to be able to fix all of that. Uh, neither team was preparing for the other one, I don't think. I think they were strictly focused on the game they were playing uh, at hand. So it's going to be a week week's worth of preparation for both of them. Um, I just I like the Cinderella kind of story of Washington, even though they're 14-0. and 0. Um, I like that both teams are 14-0. and 0. We're going to have one that's going to be undefeated and one that is going to be just a couple points short. I think it's going to be a very close game, I, I but I'm going to go with Washington. They've been underdogs all year. I'm going to ride with them. I like that pick. Can't argue with it, man. They looked really good against Texas. Tell you what, they torched that secondary. And Michael Penix Jr., you're going in the first round, man. So mm-hmm. congratulations. Long way away from uh, from a former transfer portal QB he is. Right. He's really turned himself into something. He's an NFL quarterback, it looks like. Uh, but, yeah, taking us home. Into the shout outs. I have a very funny shout out to a very honest shout out from Giannis Antetokounmpo. The, uh, the schedule makers in the NBA have done it a little differently this year. They're trying to reduce travel. So they got some teams playing each other a lot at the very beginning of the year. They uh, have the Bucks and the Pacers. They believe they're in the same group. Uh, they matched up already five times this year. The Pacers have won four of those times. And when asked about how that made Giannis feel after their latest loss against the Pacers, he said, you think about it. When you go home and sleep and wake up, you think about it. When you go back and work out, you think about it. When you're about to get freaky at night, you think about it. Mason, Tyrese Halliburton stays on this man's mind no matter what time it is. It don't matter. If he's about to get get it on, he's, he's thinking about Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, shit, man. If good on the Pacers for living rent free there in Giannis Antetokounmpo's head, man, that is that's a crazy statement. Um, I mean, I guess it's fair. Like it shows that you <laughs> come on. If you're if you're that man's wife, you're like, bro, why did you say that? Stop. <laughs> what are you doing? Shut up. Do not I say mean, that to the media. European players, before you get to your shout out, are way too honest in the NBA with some of the say. media. Oh, okay. Because Jokic said the other day, he was like, I don't like playing i mean he'd been saying that for a while but he was like oh i like i kind of want to retire like i feel like Jokic is a player who's going to retire quickly and Doncic has had some of those like sound bites too i feel where he's he said something and everybody's just like well that was kind of that's just kind of honest but sometimes the american media when when we hear that they kind of just move on they don't do any more digging because there's it's right there it's surface level stuff it's like it's like shoot well clearly the losses are on his mind okay well we'll move on to the next player or the next the next topic so i mean it works but it doesn't but i thought that that was hilarious no it, it definitely was hilarious and i mean i the american media wants wants us or wants the players to say like what the what is truthfully on their mind and so you know Giannis said it i mean shit wow it's i guess it's fair i guess it's fair 
you just don't expect to hear that type of response or that type of answer. Um, but it just shows that like, yeah, it bugs them. They're not happy about it. They're not just like, eh, it's just another game. They're, they take it seriously. So I guess if you take it that way, he's taking it seriously, uh, maybe a little bit too seriously. He needs to kind of relax a little bit. But at the end of the day, he's a competitor, and that's just what he doesn't like to lose, even if he's about to get it on. So, you know, teach their own. But for my shout-out, I'm going to talk about baseball here for a second. Thank you for actually giving us some news. Um, actually, as we were recording this, uh, we were talking about it before, talking about Wander Franco. Uh, Judge Dominican Republic orders conditional release of Ray's Wander Franco as investigation continues. So that story is just keeps keeps on giving, basically. He's never playing in the uh, MLB again. That's for certain. But uh, a trade just went down in the MLB between the Giants and the Mariners. The Mariners sending over former Cy Young Award winner Robbie Ray over to the Giants for both Mitch Haniger and Anthony DiScofani. Mitch Haniger reunites with uh, with the Mariners. He, he signed with the Giants last offseason uh, after being with the Mariners for his entire career, I believe. So that's good. that'll be a nice little homecoming for him, I guess, even though he decided to leave technically. Uh, but it shows that the Mariners really want him. And, uh, yeah, it's good. It's a good move for the Giants. They need that pitching. They need a, a stud lefty uh, kind of back to when Madison Bumgarner was leading the charge for them back in their 2010, 2012, 2014 World Series runs. So, yeah, shout out to baseball coming back uh, into the news a little bit. We've got some stuff that's going to be heating up here in the next couple of weeks because spring training starts at the end of February. Pitchers and catchers start report. Pitchers and catchers report in like a month, month and a half. Not even. So they got people got to start get going. There's still tons of free agents out there. Blake Snell just being one off the top of my head. He's a top guy. Uh, he just won the Cy Young. So he, there's there's uh, there's definitely some moves that, that are going to happen in baseball. So congratulations on waking up baseball. Glad to hear you. A lot of good stuff going on. Great start to the new year. First episode of 2024. Many more to come. Um, God, please, in the time of our next show and now, let both the Dolphins and Bucks win their division and make the playoffs. The Bucks have a little bit more riding on this, I would say, because they don't make the playoffs if they don't win. But uh, wins all around for Florida teams, hopefully. Uh, whatever. Hopefully, maybe maybe to the Jags. Maybe maybe to the Jags. I think I'd rather see the Jags over the Texans and Colts personally. I don't know. Maybe. I like them. Yeah. All right. Well, next time we're back, we'll be previewing all the playoff games and going over our early predictions that we had uh, in the preseason for the NFL. So you won't want to miss that. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.